everyone. Welcome to 30 Talks, the podcast and platform for chatting through what it means to be an Asian female over the age of 30 today in our society. Since we have both just entered our 30s, we want to have a conversation about what we learned from our younger years and also new challenges that we face day to day. Together, we're hoping that we can navigate the 30s and beyond unfiltered. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Carrie, and we're so happy to have you all here listening with us today. Hey everyone, this is Carrie and Jasmine, and we're back this week doing some personality tests. In preparation for this episode, we took a bunch of personality tests so that you guys can get to know us a little bit better. Yeah, so personality tests have been around for a really long time. I think the first assessments were developed in 1920, and today we're going to be doing three different ones, uh, the MBTI, Enneagram, and the DISC assessments. And we'll explain a little more about it uh, in a bit. Mm-hmm. I'm a really big fan of personality assessments personally because, first of all, I, I work in HR and I love learning about how different personalities mesh together. And I think it's just cool to know more about yourself because sometimes these things tell you things that you didn't have awareness of but are very much true <laughs> about yourself once you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of workplaces have been doing this as well, like getting their employees to take them and then learning how each person works and then learning how to work with that person. Yeah, I've had to take it for a couple interviews that I've had to. I've taken oh, the Enneagram. I've taken the, there's one called the Predictive Index that I needed to take for, I guess, just to predict how well you work with others on the team as well as how you show up to work and what kind of personality you have but really there's no right or wrong answer when you take it anyway Mm -hmm. I think it's just for further insight yeah so the first personality assessment that we did is called the MBTI which stands for Myers-Briggs type indicator so the MBTI is based on the 16 type indicator which is based on Carl Jung's psychological types and this was developed in World War II by Isabel Myers and Catherine Briggs Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Myers-Briggs system describes a person's personality through four opposing personality functions, known as dichotomies or scales. So there's extroversion versus introversion, and then how you gain energy. Uh, extroverts like to be with others and gain energy from people and the environment, whereas introverts gain energy from alone time and need periods of quiet reflection throughout the day. Mm-hmm. The second letter is usually an N or an S, and this stands for either intuition or sensing, and this relates to how you collect information. Um, sensors, or those who are the sensing type, gather facts from their immediate environment and rely on things that they can see, feel, and hear. People who rely on intuition look more at the overall context of things and think about patterns and meetings and connections instead. And then the third letter is thinking or feeling, so it's either a T or an F. And this is related to how you make decisions, and thinkers look for logically correct solutions, whereas feelers make decisions based on their emotions, values, and the needs of others. The last of the four letters is either J or P, judging or perceiving. So how does one organize their environment? Judges usually prefer structure and like things to be clearly regulated, whereas perceivers like things to be open and flexible because they are reluctant to commit themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, even before we took the test or before I knew what I was, 
from reading these scales or dichotomies, I kind of know what I would most likely tend towards. Like, I'm more of an introvert, and I'm definitely more of a judger. <laughs> yeah, but it's also interesting because once you have certain letters together, it forms a completely different story. Like,、mm-hmm. you could be an ENTJ or an ESTJ, and that. Those two personalities can be completely different.、Mm-hmm. That one letter changes everything. So, <laughs>、yeah. it's it's really interesting. And we're we did our assessment through a site called Sixteen Personalities because there are sixteen different personalities that、mm-hmm. can come out of this personality typing system.、Mm-hmm. Yeah.、Um, also, would like to say like these are all self-reported, so it really depends on how、um, realistic or how you view yourself and how you answer at the time that you take the test. I know I've taken MBTI a couple times before, and I've gotten different things, but mostly I get this one type. Yeah, and I think when they measure each dichotomy, it's on a sliding scale as well, so it's on a spectrum.、Mm-hmm. And for example, for myself, I. I rate as an extrovert,、mm-hmm. but I'm actually 55% of an extrovert, 45% introvert. So overall, yes, I am on the extroverted side, but I'm pretty borderline as well. That's funny because I'm the similar, but the other side, I'm like 50 something percent <laughs> introvert and then 40 something percent extrovert. Yeah, so I think it's it's good to look at the the sliding scale as well to see how far、mm-hmm. yeah. you are into this personality type. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's start. With Jasmine, I already know what type Jasmine is because we've talked about this at length、uh, before. <laughs> But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I've recently become pretty obsessed with the MBTI, and I've taken the tests a lot throughout my career. But my most prevalent personality type is the ENFJ.、Um, so E for extroverted, N for intuition, F for feeling, J for judging. So what does that mean? My strengths, according to the sixteen personalities, are that I am tolerant, I am reliable, charismatic, altruistic, and a natural leader. The weaknesses that are listed are that I am overly idealistic, usually too selfless, usually too sensitive. I have fluctuating self-esteem, and I struggle to make tough decisions. <laughs> that last one is、yeah. rings true. Yeah, from what I know.、Mm-hmm. So this is an interesting personality type because, in the introduction, it states that it's only prevalent in two percent of the population.、Mm-hmm. It's one of the more rare or most rare personality types,、mm-hmm. and I find that really strange to me because I feel like I'm so similar to so many people. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't I feel don't special、so. at all. So、um, that that part really stuck out to me, but. I well, I don't know, Carrie. What do you What do you think? Do you think all these tell a story? Do you think this sounds like me? Let me look at. It. Let me pull it up again.、Um, yeah, I think most of them are, from what I can see, true. Like the natural leader part, because we don't work together, and I don't see、mm. you in that kind of、uh, environment. It's hard for me to say. But yeah, charismatic. You're altruistic. You do. You like to do good for people. And then the part where. I think in the introduction it says,、uh, oftentimes they're coaches or teachers, and you love teaching and like mentoring people. So that's、mm. something that I think is true for you. That's that's true. Yeah, definitely.、Mm. And then in the friendship part, so it says protagonist. So 
the this type is called the protagonist. And protagonists are anything but passive, which is very true <laughs> for you, Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you actively put effort into maintaining connections, yeah. uh, viewing them as substantial and important, which yes, I think is very true. Yeah, and you like getting to know other people and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very true. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because I think my career falls completely aligned to Mm -hmm. this personality type because I like helping people, I like being social, like you can't be an (laughs) HR professional if you're not always talking to people and helping them with their struggles. I'm looking at the strengths and weaknesses and I I feel like, I feel seen, I feel heard. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is totally me. Um, I I know that I definitely am very sensitive. I am very selfless. And the whole selfless thing also makes me struggle when having to make tough decisions Mm -hmm. because those two for me go hand in hand because I am a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And um, I was telling this story to my friend once, but I was at a restaurant with my friend Angie and I remember them asking me, do you want to sit inside or outside? And it was such a simple question, but I couldn't answer it because I just wanted whatever Angie wanted. But Mm -hmm. she honestly did not care. Mm -hmm. And I just like froze because I couldn't make the simplest of that decision. And she was just like, just pick one. So I just picked inside. And the whole dinner, all I could think about was, oh my God, would she have preferred going outside instead? (laughs) And I knew that she didn't care rationally. I knew she didn't. But it was just on my mind and bothering me the entire time. Oh my god. Isn't that strange? It was, but it was also because of COVID. I was like, oh, I don't know. It's cold outside, but also, does she feel safe inside? Mm. So that was part of it too. But yeah, just an example of how much I struggle to make decisions. That's so. That's not even a tough decision. That's just like a regular day to day (laughs) decision. Usually, if someone asks me a question, I'll just be okay with whatever someone Mm. else wants. Mm. Yeah. Like, I'm very accommodating. Yeah. I feel that way, too, depending on what it is, you know? Yeah. Most yeah. things, I'm I'm pretty, like, mm. <laughs> Oh, here. When when you get a bad haircut, uh-huh. and then the person at the salon asks you, or the stylist asks you, do you like it? Yeah. Are you like, yeah? Or are you like, oh, this, like, there's nothing yes, like that. Yes, I always say I like it. <laughs> me, too! <laughs> do you remember, remember Brendan? We used to get our hair done with him. Yeah. And he cut my bangs, and I couldn't say that I didn't like it, but I ended up crying about it. Uh, I've done that before too, you know? Uh, I went to this Vietnamese hair salon that all the girls went to um, in high school, and it was my first time dyeing my hair. It was such a big deal because my parents didn't let me dye my hair for so long. Mm -hmm. And then in university, I finally dyed my hair, and I wanted it to be like a plum color. Mm. Oh yes, I remember that. And she saw me point at the wrong color. And she dyed my hair bright, like fire engine red. And because my hair was like, it was a, it was virgin hair. Yeah. It, the dye soaked in so well mm. and it was just like bright red. And I couldn't even tell her that it was the wrong color. <gasps> it was completely the wrong color. She could have probably fixed it if you did tell her. I know, but I just couldn't do yeah. it. Yeah. I was yeah. like 17, 18. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit like that too, but I'm not sure if it's, being like you know how being female makes you 
want to be accommodating and all yeah. these other things. Yeah. I don't know. Oh man, that's a whole other topic. Yeah, yeah, it's very complex. Yeah, yeah. Right. Career path, let's look at that. Okay. Oh, HR administration. <laughs> <laughs> So my, my career is listed as one of the top yeah. careers. Altruistic careers like social and religious work, teaching, counseling, advising. Yeah, that sounds pretty aligned. Yeah, so HR administrators, event coordinators, and politicians. Interesting. You can okay. be a politician, Jazz. Nope, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> That's cool. That's really cool. All right. What what did you get? Um. Well, Jasmine, you know this. Oh, fuck yeah. But I'm... <laughs> I do mostly test as a INTJ, which is the architect type. So that's introverted, intuitive, thinking, and judging. Yeah, let's see. So we love perfecting the details of life, applying creativity and rationality to everything they do. Their inner world is often a private, complex one, which I would kind of agree. Hmm. Um, Some strengths and weaknesses. Uh, Strengths. Rational, informed, independent, determined, curious, versatile. And then weakness, arrogant, dismissive of emotions, overly critical, combative, romantically clueless. Mm, That last one, (laughs) not really true. (laughs) I think most of them does ring true, like from what I think about myself. Really? Yeah. Do you think you're overly critical and dismissive of emotions? I am very dismissive of emotions. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I hate it when I feel anything because it's something I can't control. Like what my head thinks and how my heart feels. Like if it's in opposition, I hate it. I'll always go with what my head thinks, like what's logical or what makes sense. So you can't say follow your gut to something that doesn't make sense rationally to you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I think I follow my gut. Oh, yeah? Quite often. Oh. No, I always reason with myself if I'm making a decision, like my decision to stay here or to go to Seattle. Mm-hmm. In my heart, I really want to stay here because I'm in like a long-term relationship and it's going somewhere. I think that would be really nice to spend more time with him. But then I know it would be good for my career if I did go mm-hmm. and et cetera, et cetera, right? And I think if I followed my heart, I would have just stayed. It would have been the easy uh, choice to make Mm -hmm. um but yeah I just kind of yeah dismiss my emotions and I'm like no (laughs) it's okay Mm -hmm. I can go this way you know it'll be fine yeah it's all subjective though I mean you could say the rational thing to do is to stay and the and your heart wants to move right you can say the opposite too You could say that, but I think it depends what your priority is. And usually relationships are more emotional or more emotionally involved than a decision Mm -hmm. that involves your career, right? So logically, I know that Mm -hmm. this is a good move for me and my career, but emotionally, I feel scared and worried and all those emotions that are involved with such a big change in your life especially when I have a long-term boyfriend here. So these kind of scenarios, I do tend to go with what my head thinks is logically right. Also because I like to be independent. So the emotional, needy relationship part of me, I tend to suppress. Mm, I see, I see. I don't think you're combative. No. No, or arrogant. I'm pretty arrogant. <laughs> Are you really? It's all these sides I don't see in you. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are dumb. I just don't really say it. Oh, huh. Yeah, I mean, you're my friend. If you weren't my friend, or as in, I probably wouldn't be friends with you if I 
really did not respect you. That's like how I am. Mm. I gotta respect you before I can even make a friendship with anyone. So right, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. We're we're pretty different in terms of profile. Yeah. I wonder if that contributes to our friendship because opposites attract or <laughs> whatever it is. I always I always did like I didn't know how to explain that you were different from me growing up, but I mm. knew that you were different. And I knew that because I, I used to call you a wild card. And I I think I think I still do, actually. <laughs> I think you're a wild card because I can't explain your next step because it doesn't mm. in my head make sense to me because it's not something that I would do it's not something that I'm like oh yeah that's clear I would do that too it's like I don't know what the hell Carrie's gonna do she could she could do exactly what I expect her to or she could do the opposite right so it's funny it's so weird to me how like yeah I I did know we were different I also knew we were similar in some aspects too Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I just couldn't put my finger on it yeah this reveals a lot I think these Mm -hmm. tests so what does that mean about your dating life then your romantic relationships well I think that part's not correct I don't think I'm clueless in love no I don't (laughs) think so I don't think so either uh it says they may struggle to understand what's going on and how to behave no that's not true at all Mm. no I think you are you know how to behave (laughs) but I could I could see um the male counterpart of the same type Mm -hmm. um become romantically clueless if they didn't have any experience with like people because i think i think intjs are a little like people dumb (laughs) right yeah yeah dumb in the sense that they don't understand human nature um, to its full extent (laughs) kind of thing even says right here uh says really it says when people in their lives fail to match their level of restraint architects can become scathingly critical but this criticism is often unfair based on arbitrary standards rather than a full understanding of human nature interesting sorry i'm back to romantic relationships again yeah, yeah. and there's this part where it says when your partner shares strong feelings architects might shut down or they may mm. be tempted to analyze the situation rather than simply listening and offering support I feel like that's mm-hmm. a typical guy thing to do to analyze mm-hmm. the situation and just want to solve the problem for you. But mm-hmm. from the INTJ male that I know, mm-hmm. that is even more prevalent. Like that is mm-hmm. 10 times as annoying. It's just like <laughs> trying to solve your issue when as a female, as an ENFJ, all I want to do is know that you understand and that you're listening. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's probably quite different for males and females, but... Do you think I do that with you sometimes when you... Especially, like, your questions about if you should move or not, I kind of, like... I kind of tell you how it could be resolved versus, oh, I'm sorry, is this tough for you? You know what I mean? Like, I do... I don't really do that that much. I... I don't notice it because I feel Mm. like with a female, it's welcomed. Mm. But with a male, it's like really obvious that you're just trying to solve my problem. Mansplaining. Yeah, mansplaining, exactly. (laughs) So I'm not annoyed if my friends do it. In fact, I I probably look for way too many opinions in how Mm. other people solve things in order Mm -hmm. to make that tough decision for myself. Okay, that's good to know. So the other weakness of mine, being combative. So it says that we hate blindly following anything without understanding why. I think my boyfriend can attest to this because I'm always like, 
why is that happening? Why? Like, why did they do yeah, this? Why yeah. does that happen? And he gets kind of annoyed. I wonder sometimes. how um, INTJs are with religion because it's not, mm. well, ugh, I don't want to <laughs> go into that necessarily, but a lot of it isn't science right. based, right? Um, I can say how I feel about religion. Yeah. Um, I do. I do think that there are things that science has not proven right or wrong. And there are a lot of things in the world that we don't understand for now. Mm-hmm. So I'm not completely dismissive. Like, I'm not an atheist. I'm agnostic. Um, I don't think in each religion itself, the things that they say may not be true. Like, it's not based on facts, you know, whatever is written. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think religion may be necessary for some people, to have something to believe in, to kind of structure their belief mm-hmm. system or their morals with. And it's, it is helpful for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that we don't need religion, um, but I myself just don't know what to believe in exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're less likely to follow something blindly. And I'm, I'm using air quotes right now because some people might say that religion is, you know, you, you can't see God or you can't see Buddha, but people tell you it's there. So you kind of have to blindly believe that something is there. So INTGs might have a bit more trouble with fully devoting into one type of religion. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I'm agnostic. Mm-hmm. Uh, under friendship, it says that it's not easy to befriend an architect. Oh, I feel so privileged. <laughs> <laughs> So you prefer um, smaller groups of friends rather than large circles of acquaintances? For sure, for sure. What about career paths? What does it say for that? I see. Oh my god, it says that um, human resources might not be good fits. Yeah, I don't think so. I could never do what you do, Jasmine. I barely understand how I do what I do. (laughs) So it says that you prefer more lone wolf positions. Mm-hmm. or working in small groups they can make the most out, out of their creativity without constant interruptions from curious coworkers. i feel like that's a lot of the silicon valley dev culture when people are wearing big headphones yeah yeah, yeah. you can't you can't interrupt them and interrupt their coding yeah i think so both of the careers that i had have um I was a research associate, so I did work on my own quite a bit, or with one other person, which is fine. And then, yeah, as a software engineer, I just do my own thing, get my tasks and do them. I really do enjoy doing that, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. So that's the MBTI. Um, so a little bit more about the Enneagram. What makes the Enneagram different is there are nine individual personality types describing behavior, tendencies, motivations, and desires. And it goes into it more deeply and specifically than other personality frameworks. While each type has distinct differences, there are even more variations within each of them with secondary types known as wings. For this reason, the Enneagram is a helpful tool for personal development, counseling, and building the most out of important relationships. Um, I actually did an Enneagram exercise at one of my previous jobs as a leadership retreat exercise because the Enneagram is very applicable to how you learn to communicate to each other in a workplace setting. So it's really interesting to see that, you know, if, for example, if I was 
looking to pitch an idea to the CEO, and I know the CEO is an, a one, for example. I know how his mind thinks, and I know how to shape my argument to support how he processes information. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, my personality type is a three wing two. Mm-hmm. I've seen it been being called the enchanter or the charmer, but my main Enneagram type is type three, which is commonly known as the achiever. Mm. Um, a bit more about the three wing two personality strengths could be dedication to achieving goals, naturally self-confident and self-aware. I have the easily, sorry, I have the ability to easily connect with others. I care deeply for the community and I'm efficient in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Weaknesses include heavily focusing on social image, struggling to accept failure from others, being overly competitive or possessive, and a tendency to be unintentionally manipulative. Mm. It's funny because it really matches with what your MBTI is as well. Like it's very They're very complementary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They go hand in hand. So the Enneagram type three wing two These guys are afraid to, they're afraid of failing and being unworthy of love. Oh, so true for you. Yeah. (laughs) You think so? Is that obvious from my day-to-day conversation with you? Yes. (laughs) Really? Really? That's fascinating to me. They avoid this by setting and accomplishing goals in order to feel successful and worthy, which is very much you. (laughs) Oh, man. I, this is scary. Um, the basic, their basic desire is to be admired and accepted. <laughs> they seek value through accomplishment, which may push them mm. deeper into their work. Enchanters tend to adjust their persona to their audience in order to feel as though they are easily liked, which may lead to, a, may lead to playing a character rather than being themselves. How do you feel about that one? I actually, that used to be something that I was very proud of, that I was able to communicate mm. to whoever... And I was able to communicate, but also accommodate my behavior and my style Mm -hmm. to people very easily. So whether you're an introverted dev at a tech company that I'm working with, or you're, you know, a creative art director somewhere else, or, you know, a high flying executive, I could always Mm -hmm. relate Mm -hmm. and I could always adjust. And yeah, it's something that I'm proud of when I, Mm -hmm. when I work. But I can also see it feeling a mm. little bit inauthentic because which side is the <laughs> Jasmine? Hopefully the one you're showing to me. <laughs> yeah, the, this podcast Jasmine is the real Jasmine. I accept you, Jasmine. Don't worry. Thank you. Thank you. My, my basic desire is to be admired and accepted. So thank you. <laughs> it says the Enneagram 3 wing 2 motivations are achieving goals and winning competitions. Mm-hmm building new friendships, being the life of the party, I don't know about that one, and effectively serving other people, which I can definitely see as well. However, it does not say that I should be an HR person in the common jobs for people with Enneagram 3 Wing 2. Oh. So I did do this assessment as part of a job interview, mm-hmm. and at this place, they everything they did circled around the Enneagram and their personality typing. Mm-hmm. And the entire HR team was a two-wing three. Mm. A two was the helper profile. Mm -hmm. So it's very... 
it, it, that's basically HR, right? You're yeah. a support function mm-hmm. when you're in HR. So I thought that was really interesting. And now it's just kind of flipped. Yeah, for you, two. it's three wing two. Yeah. Does this say what careers would be good for three wing two? It says advertising consultant, entrepreneur, lawyer, event planner, surgeon, TV anchor, venture capitalist, Ooh, and a pilot. So, those are so <laughs> random. Oh, I love to be a VC. <laughs> a pilot. That's weird. That's super strange. Yeah, that's kind of random. It doesn't really align with what they said are the strengths or weaknesses of this type. Yeah. Either, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, why would I, I guess a pilot is a role of high authority and I guess so. It's well respected, maybe. No offense to pilots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pilots, we need you. Feeling like they're drained by feeling like they have to constantly entertain. Do you feel like that? I do feel like I have to constantly entertain. You know how you fill in the silences whenever you're on a date and no one's talking? I'm always filling in silences. But I don't know if that's a me issue. Like I can't sit Mm -hmm. and be awkward or like Mm -hmm. sit and be comfortable. Or am I just, I don't know. Mm, I think awkwardness, technically you can't feel if the other person feels awkward. So you feel awkward yourself, which makes the situation... It's like secondhand awkwardness. It depends. Because I think I'm the opposite. I don't feel awkward often. Hmm. So no matter what the other person is feeling, I'm always comfortable. So I never really feel that need to... Really? Make it not awkward. Because to me, I'm fine. That is bizarre. That is bizarre to me. I feel like I encounter awkwardness so often in my life. Hmm. Like, every day there is an awkward something happening. But awkwardness is just in your head, though, you know? If you don't feel awkward, then it's not awkward for you. I guess so. But does that play into self-awareness as well? Like, I'm too overly self-aware? Or you're too too sensitive to the environment, maybe. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. It could be. Okay, so for me, I am a... Five wing four or a one wing nine. And I did look up the difference between the two. And I think it says the differences between the two is that one wing nine have a basic desire to do morally appropriate thing in every situation uh, versus five wing fours have a basic fear of being helpless or incompetent and a basic desire to feel useful, mm-hmm. which is what I identify with more. So I would say that I'm a five wing four and uh, type five is the investigator. Basic desire to be capable and competent. Right. Mm-hmm. I basically started working out because I was afraid that I would go get into a situation where I had to be strong or use my strength or like lift myself up off this cliff if I were to hang off a cliff. So I wanted to get stronger, which is why I started working out. Really? And and things like I drive standard because what if one day I had to get into a standard car, run away from someone and not be able to drive. So I learned a lot of things in case if certain situations happen, I'm not useless. That's very aligned with your MBTI as well because you want to be self-reliant always. You're very independent. You don't ever want to be dependent on someone else, right? Yes. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. So the five-wing four is called the philosopher. Five-wing four personalities tend to be guarded or withdrawn from others, seek new skills and knowledge, curiously explore new environments, prefer being by themselves. That all sounds pretty true for you, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So some of my strengths are... Creative thinking and expression, ability to work independently, observing and understanding small details, deep level of focus and attentiveness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I would pretty standard, agree yeah. mostly with those. Um, weakness, tendency to be overly sensitive. Focusing too much on themselves. Mm. <laughs> Distancing themselves from other people. Eh, very true, too. Struggling to think practically or realistically. Mm, that last one I'm not really too sure about. That last one doesn't seem true at all to me. Yeah. Like, I think that your personality type is the perfect person to think more realistically or more practically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I do... I think I told you this scenario before that I got in a little... Not an argument, but we kind of butt heads with my boyfriend because I was saying how they could use facial recognition in images and cameras in order to help with policing work, basically. And he went on to say very realistically whether that was possible or not in Canada because of all this ABCD regulations to Mm -hmm. have to jump over or hoops to jump over. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, I was kind of thinking in an... Not, it's not realistic, right? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be implemented in the next three years or anything like that. But in my mind, it was a possible solution. Right. So in that way, I think I do think a bit more like fantastically, mm-hmm. kind of about what's possible versus what is practical. So when, when people oppose that, then do you feel like they're being a wet blanket on your suggestions? <laughs> a little bit. I think we came at it at a different angle, at different angles, and I didn't know that he was thinking so practically mm-hmm. because when I said my statement, I kind of thought he would be like, "Oh yeah, that would be a cool idea." That was the response that I was expecting, right. but he went and said, "No, that's not possible." Blah 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 because of these reasons, mm-hmm. and that was not the direction that I was pushing this conversation to. It was more like an abstract kind of thought mm-hmm. versus like if we can actually do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um. Okay, so five wing, four jobs, Mm -hmm. engineer, accountant, scholar, novelist, author, auditor, composer, inventor. I mean, I'm the first one, so. Yeah, true. (laughs) That's what I do. So you agree with this. Do you think this makes you feel more seen or does the MBTI feel like it's a bit more accurate or are both? Oh, um, I think they're both pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah, they seem pretty complimentary, eh? Mm-hmm. I think I looked up what an INTJ is most likely to be in an Enneagram, and 5W4 came up. Oh, I didn't even think about cross-referencing that. Uh, yeah. For mine, it says it's usually a type 2. Oh, which is the HR people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the helper. Yeah, that makes sense. So the next assessment that we took is the DISC assessment which uh, stands for dominance influence steadiness and conscientiousness Mm -hmm. the dis model provides a common language people can use to better understand themselves and those they interact with and then use this knowledge to reduce conflict and improve working relationships so similar to the previous one that we talked about Mm -hmm. so usually when you do a disc test they tell you the percentage of how you rate for each letter so for myself I rated the highest, or I'm a very, very strong I for influence. Mm-hmm. And under influence, the qualities are charming, enthusiastic, optimistic, persuasive, and inspiring. That is quite heavy for me. That's like a good 47%. Mm-hmm. My steadiness is my next highest one, mm-hmm. which is 29%. My dominance is 18%, and my compliance is 6%. So yeah, pretty unevenly distributed. So the enthusiast styles are motivated by social recognition, group activities, and relationships. (laughs) 
I see a recurring theme here. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's very, very clear. Apparently, those with the I and the S mm-hmm. as their more dominant traits, they're typed as people-focused, mm. which lends to my job, right? Again. <laughs> yeah, again. It's kind of scary how accurate these things are. It's really nice to get that confirmation that I have chosen the correct career path for mm. myself, right? Because if they're saying, don't be a police officer, and I was a police officer, then I'd be yeah. like, what Damn. am I doing with my life? <laughs> I think something nice about uh, these assessments and reading about it is they put into words a lot of things that I feel that I couldn't put to words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like my tendency towards wanting to be competent and then me thinking back, oh yeah, I learned all these things because I wanted to not be useless kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And I never really thought of it in that sense. Yeah, so it's very interesting. You guys should all take a test and share it with us. Yeah, tell us what you get. Also for influence for you, Jasmine, I see that fears are loss of influence, disapproval, being ignored, rejection values coaching and counseling freedom of expression democratic relationships i'm not sure what that means <laughs> democratic relationships. is that my political view so we both have a say in things maybe i don't know oh, yeah i i'm actually <laughs> really into not really into but like equality matters so much to me <laughs> and i used to think that it was because i was an only child mm. so every time so I have these family friends, and one's a girl, one's a boy, mm-hmm. and they favor the boy for a lot of things. Mm. And growing up, even when I was like five years old, it would make me really severely upset to see my friend go through that kind of in- inequality. Mm. Like I felt like I needed to stand up for her. I felt like I needed to tell her parents, like, why are you treating her like shit compared to the boy? Because they were also Asian parents, right? So they valued the boy a bit more. Mm. And I just, I couldn't just stand there and not say anything. It made me so upset. And I was always the one sharing toys. Like if two of my friends were fighting in kindergarten, and I Mm. remember this vividly, Mm -hmm. two of my friends were fighting Mm -hmm. over this doll. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, well, Carolyn, you can have it for five minutes. And then Nikki, you can have it for five minutes. And then after, I can have it for five minutes. And then we'll all take turns. And it was just... It made so much sense in my brain. Yeah. And I didn't know why people couldn't get it. Yeah, yeah. But that's how I've always been that's since cute. I was young. It's also like conflict avoidance, that mm. conflict avoidance mm. person in me. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I'll do anything to avoid conflict. So maybe I actually wanted to play with a doll. Um, and exclusive Mimi, like I didn't want these guys to play with it, but mm-hmm. to avoid the conflict, I said, okay, let's share. <laughs> let's take turns. Also, natural leadership is being exhibited there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I'll take charge in that kind of situation, I guess. Overuses, optimism, and praise. Overuses? Yeah. So you have too much optimism and give praise too much. I definitely think (laughs) I give praise too much and I don't do the opposite. I don't give feedback enough where it matters. Constructive criticism is very important. Yeah. Well, I think because I'm Asian and I grew up with more criticism, Uh, I am a little bit more attuned to it and I will give it a little bit more than maybe a normal influencing person mm. an eye type person would mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it, yeah i do know that i am i don't like that and then in conflict expresses feelings gossips <laughs> i mean <laughs> <laughs> i mean the amount of messages i've seen that are not yeah. our conversation but it's you're just looking for opinions and stuff so 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I, that's something I actively know about myself and I, I try to avoid <laughs> doing more of because I know I have a terrible tendency to gossip. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to grow up to be one of those sea lies. Oh. I'm like, you know, that's all they do. Yeah, for sure. And then could improve effectiveness through being more objective, following through on tasks. Cool. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. That one hurt. <laughs> It's okay. We started this podcast and we actually launched it. So yes, that's something. That's like my first completed project ever. <laughs> your your type is a D, right? Yes. D style, the big D. <laughs> <laughs> so my disc personality profile is forty percent dominance, thirty five percent influence, and then steadiness compliance is both twelve percent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Big D is. Um, <laughs> typed as the winner in air quotes on the site that we're at. So D styles are motivated by winning, competition, and success. They prioritize taking action, accepting challenges, and achieving results, and are often described as direct and demanding, strong-willed, driven, and determined. That's a lot of Ds. Um, D styles tend to be outspoken, but can be rather skeptical and questioning of others. Hmm, I don't know if I agree with that for what I've seen from you. I'm not as outspoken. I That's the part where I was sure. like, mm, I don't think you're outspoken. I think you are skeptical and I think you do question things, right? It's from what we've seen from other mm-hmm. personality types. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I am almost an I too. Hmm. So you're a combination. Yeah. Do you... Okay, so the fears are being seen as vulnerable or being taken advantage of. Does that resonate? Being taken advantage of. I think that does... Mm, that ties in with wanting to be independent maybe yeah i can see that as in i don't want to be taken advantage of so i tend to be independent do you value competency action concrete results personal freedom and challenges yes i feel like all that yes yeah in conflict you speak up about problems and you look to even the score I don't think I care enough to be vengeful most of the mm. time, but I think when I do care, I'll be like, yeah, I want to show them. Mm, okay. I yeah. see. Maybe. Mm. Mm. Challenge. Ooh. Show patience. Yeah, I was just reading that actually. So it says <laughs> that your challenges are in, that you might need to expend more energy into showing patience, displaying sensitivity, explaining details, and allowing for deliberation. Yes very all very very true i think in job interviews when they ask me what what my weakness is i always say i'm very impatient right yes um which is true for me i think because i value efficiency and effectiveness Mm -hmm. and if i don't see it in others i get quite impatient with them okay have you you've worked in a big organization where it's been very bureaucratic and everything takes a million years to change right Mm -hmm. yeah is that something that severely bothers you and you can't work in that type of environment or are you okay as long as your role as an independent is productive and in my research career I was very mm, disenchanted by how long the process took in order to get like a pharmaceutical drug on the market and there's so many regulations which granted they are there for a reason but I think that did bother me a lot where I think Mm people could benefit from this drug mm-hmm. faster if the process did not take so long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that, that's something that actually bothers me too. Mm. Like that's why I hate working for big companies because everything we, we want to do, it just takes a million years to get approvals and, and things like that. And I'm not going to wait around for that. Right. I think working for the government is my worst nightmare. <laughs> yes. 
Agreed. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Um, so the D and I combination style, mm. you tend to be more results oriented, mm-hmm. you're vocal and enthusiastic, and you influence others through charm and bold action. Influences others. Yeah, I don't know what else I can say about this. So for you, IS. IS styles tend to be warm, friendly, sociable, influence other, influencing others through their agreeableness and empathy. Hmm. I feel like I know you very well now, Jasmine, and our listeners know you very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is this feels like I'm uncovering a lot about myself in in one episode. We're so opposite. We are very opposite. Yeah. Your overuses is patience with others. Mine is impatience. <laughs> huh. Okay. I do, I do think you're very impatient. I am. <laughs> but that's not a surprise. That's not a surprise. Dwells on wounded relationships for you. Yeah. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. I really look up to people. Not look up to. That's probably the wrong term. I wish I was a person who didn't dwell on emotions mm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's a good part of you. I think people need to be in touch with their emotions and less like me. I think it's not a good thing what I do. And I do try to work on it. Why do you, why do you think we make good friends if we're so different? I think maybe because we're so different, we mm-hmm. kind of complement each other in that way and we think so differently about things that when we talk about an issue, mm-hmm. I can hear your side of it and then you can hear my side of it, so it's actually good for us. It is. Yeah, yeah. and because I'm impatient, but you're so patient, I think that kind of works out for us. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we do make up for each other's weaknesses, like where I am very led by my emotions. You're a lot more rational than me. Mm. So you're kind of able to level me or ground me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I need to be more, a bit more in tune with my emotions, I think. And I see that in you and it kind of makes me reflect on myself too the assessments Mm -hmm. overall i find the disc to be the least helpful or the least accurate Mm. i mean it's still accurate but it just doesn't feel like it allows for much in between whereas mbti Mm. it's on a spectrum and the enneagram you have your wing personality which adds a bit more dimension into what we're actually like Whereas a disc feels very mm-hmm. straightforward and very narrow and not as applicable. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel as seen <laughs> as I did. I don't I don't feel like I'm bearing everything like I did with MBTI and Enneagram. Yeah. It's funny. So I wanna ask you, do you think this personality type or who you are, do you think you were the same when you were younger? Hmm. Like what characteristics do you think? developed later in life or do you think it was always what you are i feel like this is kind of like the chicken and the egg situation right because for me it's hard to tell i can look back and at certain events of my life and Mm -hmm. i think to myself oh i know why i acted that way because of my personality assessment or i can Mm. also say those events were things that shaped me Mm, yeah in how I progressed in life so it's hard to say but I do feel like my natural demeanor is very Mm -hmm. true in all of these assessments nothing has been Mm -hmm. like crazy off base 
and mm-hmm. nothing inherently has been too different. Yeah. Nothing has changed. I agree too. Yeah. Mm, nothing yeah. too different has changed. Over time and with more experiences, my personality has solidified mm-hmm. into my type, I feel like. Whereas before, like the experiences that we go through solidify the way we think and our personalities as yes. we experience more things. Um, for example, I think I wasn't as critical when I was younger, probably because I didn't know as much as I know today to pass that kind of judgment. Whereas when I was younger, I kind of just accepted mm-hmm. some things that people told me as the way they are. So I'm a more more critical, like critically thinking now. Mm-hmm. Huh. How interesting. I think this all of this stuff is so mm-hmm. freaking interesting, and I didn't even get into it that much. Like, I've always liked personality assessments, but I've never gotten into such a deep dive until mm-hmm. recently, until I met somebody who was very much into the MBTI <laughs> world, and I started looking into mm-hmm. it more. And there's, like, a million Quora forums mm-hmm. of, you know, mm-hmm. I'm an ENFJ, what personality type should go with me? And, in, in like, what, mm-hmm. yeah, like, or how do you know an INTJ loves you or whatever it is, right? There's so many different forums. And then there's Reddit, like subreddits that are MBTI related where they type fictional characters. <laughs> Be like, oh, Harry Potter is a blank, 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 right? And it's like, oh, interesting. I never thought about that before. <laughs> so there's a whole world out there of MBTI. It's so much more than just knowing what you are. We are on personalitypage.com and under MBTI, I guess both Carrie and I were curious about what our actionable items are after we get to know ourselves. What are some of the more specific things that we can work on to be more accepting or understanding of others, now knowing how we think and how we act? And the site gives you specific suggestions based on your MBTI. And one of them for me that stands out is, it reads, when you are alone, try to become fully aware of how it feels to you. Try to recognize emptiness as a place of potential. Try to imagine what you might be able to do for others in this empty time. Try to realize that you are not truly alone, but with this special person who is yourself. I think that really rings true for me because I'm the type of person who likes to fill my calendar. I used to be really proud of the fact that I was, I never felt lonely until COVID hit (laughs) (laughs) and I couldn't fill my social calendar anymore. I mean, I tried, I still did in the very beginning, I would do yoga and workouts and Zoom chats with all of my friends and filled my calendar. But when the whole Zoom fatigue thing happened and when people were connecting less and less, Mm -hmm. I started to feel lonely for the first time Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm And I didn't know what to do with it. So learning to be alone. I mean, I also live alone, which doesn't help. But learning to be alone, I think, is, is going to be something that I am going to work on in, in 2021. Yeah. I watched this video a while ago about loneliness and how being alone does not equate mm-hmm. feeling lonely. Where lonely is a state of mind. And you can be yes. lonely even if you are not alone. And you could be lonely with a bunch of people in the room, you know? So it is a mental thing. And yeah, it'd be great to work on trying to be alone. Mm -hmm. 
100%. And the usual counter argument or the, the usual fix for being okay with being alone is, is that you just have to go through the motions of feeling it. And I didn't allow myself to do that mm-hmm. for a lot of my life. So this year, I'm going to sit in it as in uncomfortable as that feels. That's good. And to be honest, I'm more productive when I'm alone <laughs> anyway. But I just... I can't get over, I have to get over the loneliness part that's affecting my brain first before I can Mm -hmm. turn into the more productive side of me. Mm -hmm. Do you journal? I do now. I do now. Mm -hmm. That was more of a COVID start thing. Mm. Yeah. If you're alone, taking the time to write down your thoughts, like your real thoughts, Mm -hmm. when no one's going to read whatever you write down is very helpful. I think it helps me a lot. Do you journal every day? I used to do it more, less so now. I journal now when I have something I'm thinking about a lot, then I'll write down what I'm thinking about. Uh, yeah, same. It's not a usual everyday thing for me yet. It's not a habit yet, but it's definitely something that I know if I need to make a big mm-hmm. decision mm-hmm. that I need to write about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for me, uh, from the same website, a specific suggestion is take care to listen to someone's idea entirely before you pass judgment on it. Ask questions if necessary. Do whatever it takes to make sure that you understand the idea. Try not to begin judging anything about the idea until you have understood it entirely, which, yeah, I do need to work on that. Do you discredit things really? Like, do you feel like you discredit things faster than you should? Um, I think I do this less now that I'm older. And have realized Mm -hmm. that I don't know all that there is to know about the universe. (laughs) So whenever I hear an idea or an opinion that I don't think is correct, I will definitely do some more research before I make a judgment on it. But when I was younger, I think it was very easy for me to just think, oh, no, yeah, they're just wrong. Mm -hmm. Without doing any more research or digging into the background information or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. So for the sake of bettering ourselves this year, I will try very hard to listen to other people's ideas with an open mind. So if you guys end up taking... Plot twist, we've been sorted. Alright, so we've now entered the wizarding world into a Hogwarts house. Now, based on our MBTI, our Enneagram, our DISC assessments, can you guys guess... Which house we sort in? We I, I we use the wizardingworld.com, the official Harry Potter or the official mm-hmm. sorting hat. I did this one a long time ago actually, but I have it saved to my profile, so <laughs> you have a profile? <clears throat> I used to have one too on Pottermore. I don't know what Oh happened. yeah, Pottermore. I had that yeah. one too. Anyway, so I guess I'll go first. Um, I tested as... I tested. I got sorted <laughs> as a Hufflepuff, unfortunately. I don't know why. I feel like it's such a... No. I feel like it's a diss because no. like Hufflepuffs are weak and they're soft. But, but they're anyway, not. the... I'm, but Cedric Diggory was also a Hufflepuff, exactly. so I feel okay about that. Yeah, yeah, he was brave. He was a brave soul. Um, but a Hufflepuff... Uh, the qualities of a Hufflepuff is dedication, patience, and loyalty. Mm-hmm. Definitely um, sounds like you. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I kind of, I kind of had a feeling. <laughs> I thought I would be borderline Gryffindor <laughs> as well. I think when I first tested, maybe like ten years ago in Pottermore, I was in Gryffindor. But 
Um, after looking at my MBTI and my Enneagram and stuff, I think uh, I think Hufflepuff actually makes a lot of sense for me. You're a little bit Gryffindor too, yeah. since they have helping people as a trait. I guess. Hufflepuff is the most inclusive among the four houses, valuing hard work, dedication, patience, loyalty, and fair play. Yeah, we are known to have a strong moral code and a sense of right and wrong. Hufflepuffs are usually accepting of everyone. Mm, very true. Yeah, okay, fine. What did you get? Before I took the official test, I thought I would be a Ravenclaw. I thought you would be too. Then, yeah, most people think that, but I do get placed into Slytherin all the time, like 100% <laughs> of the time. I don't think I've ever gotten Ravenclaw or anything else. You evil? <laughs> Maybe. I'm a snake, like, all around. My Chinese zodiac, I'm a snake. And then Slytherin. Oh, yeah. That's true, you are. You don't You don't like snakes, Jasmine, I know. I hate snakes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I can't even look at stuffed animal snakes. So I know, I remember when you see earthworms, you oh, freak the fuck out. <laughs> so gross. I think anything that slithers is pretty nasty. But we can do a whole other episode on fears and pet peeves. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, some traits or values for Slytherin are, yeah, cunning, prideful, resourceful, ambitious, determined, loves to be in charge, do what is necessary is the motto of the house. Okay, okay. Do you, do you agree with this sword in this description? A little bit. I mean, <laughs> it's not an actual personality test, so yeah, I, know. I can't expect it to be like that accurate, but yeah. it's okay, yeah, it's not bad, it's not bad. Hufflepuff's motto is... Do what is nice. <laughs> Do what is nice. Aww. Aww. So cute. All right. I'm, I'm okay with that. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed getting to know us a little bit better. Don't forget to subscribe and stay tuned for our next episode. Bye. Bye.